Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Today is Monday, and um, hard to believe or not, but Monday is one of my favorite days. <clears throat> and um, it's now 5 after 12. Well, actually, it's 11 after 12. Uh, and it is a beautiful surprisingly beautiful December uh, 13th day in the lovely central Florida I'm gonna tell you something I'm from California and uh, having been from California you know we never really I never I and most people I know uh, we're kind of snobby about it like I never really considered Florida you know I thought of hot weather and flat you are listening to the dave fremlin show wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there um takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah to boot it up. um and so i anyways and now tonight i'm gonna not give you some information Yay. a doctor um, which i forgot what it is right you are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay. I guess we'll see what happens, right? I just never, I just, I had no idea how beautiful Florida really is. It's really amazing. <coughs> Anyways, today's topic, I have a couple of things to talk about. First of all, restless leg syndrome as usual. Last night was not as bad as the night before. I'm starting to notice a pattern here. I'm starting to notice like a really good night followed by like a really terrible night and then like slowly getting better, better, better than a good night again. And so there's something to that I'm going to have to look at. But um, last night I had the restless legs. I was up and down a little bit during the night. It was not as bad as the night before. And as I have mentioned on multiple podcasts, I think that one of the keys, one of the absolute most important elements to a successful life with restless leg syndrome is to just when it hits i pretty much if it's if it hits and it's between two o'clock and three thirty in the morning i am so beyond being surprised by it you know what i mean i'm just like well here it is oh look at that what time is it oh what do you know and so i just you know i have some artwork out in my kitchen with some paints and some brushes ready to go And if I can't sleep, I'm welcome to go into my kitchen and work on artwork. And last night, unfortunately, uh, I went to Sprouts and I bought cashews. And I love cashews. And last night, every time I got up in the night, I ate more cashews. And so I ended up eating like, I don't know, an eighth of a pound of cashews throughout the night. And it didn't help. So cashews, no, no, no. Um, Artwork, yes, yes, yes. You know, creative project late at night. But anyways, last night was not horrendous. I'm back to the six-hour zone of sleep. So the night before was in the fives. So the, before that was an eight. So when eight, five, six, I anticipate 6.30 tonight, then maybe tomorrow, seven. It kind of seems to, there seems to be a pattern emerging. And that was something I was told to look for. So that's maybe good news. And this morning I woke up. Uh, I laid in bed from nine till eleven, pretty much awake. But I, I got, I feel like I feel vindicated by sleep, so I don't feel agitated this morning, and I don't feel unusually uncomfortable. And so that's the three and a half minute update on restless leg syndrome. 
Now, I have to, I feel compelled to talk about Jesse Smollett. And the reason is I don't really care, all right? I don't honestly care about the whole Jesse Smollett thing, but here's what I have an opinion about. It's really important. The reason that I think that he should be sentenced and given a, a, a sentence of at least at least some form of jail time maybe the same type of a sentence as if that hate crime actually existed that the perpetrator would have gotten and the reason is because the damage that it does to the entire um by faking a hate crime against black and gay and making it look like it was a certain type of person that committed that crime and faking it, you are committing a crime against three entire different and overlapping groups. So you're committing a hate crime against white people by framing them in a fake hate crime. You know, committing, it's a racial crime. Okay, you are trying to blame white people for something they didn't do. That is a racial crime. Okay, secondly, you are injuring the people that have actually had hate crimes perpetrated against them who are black and or white and or gay and uh, i happen to have known many many gay people who've had hate crimes perpetrated against them some of them have had disfiguring injuries caused to them by being beat up in the middle of the night just for walking home from a bar and uh you know, I knew a guy was beaten up with a crowbar just because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he happened to be a little a little effeminate. And um, and that doesn't even indicate gay necessarily. But, uh, you know, perceived gay. And, uh, and the, 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 the damage that it does is that a person who has actually had a hate crime committed against them and has actually, the, that community has actually worked to overcome those uh those challenges and actually put safeties into place is set back you know you you first of all it's a slap in the face to those who've actually been injured in hate crimes as you can probably that's pretty obvious but more deeply is you know that community the gay community for example or the black community has worked hard over the years to put themselves in a position where hate crimes are less committed against them. And so to perpetrate a fake hate crime, it, it, it makes everyone in the whole movement look bad. You're making gay black people look bad because you are a gay black person. And even though you don't represent a whole community, you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. You will be perceived as such. And so you're making both of those communities look as though they're perpetrating fake hate crimes. Even though it's an individual, and even though you're not like even purporting to represent these groups, by saying that a hate crime was committed against you because you are this and that, you actually are purporting to represent those groups. I wasn't beaten up because I'm Jesse Smollett. I was beaten up because I'm gay and black. Therefore, you're now claiming that because you are gay and black that you are then a target of these white people. So you have, you have insulted gay people and black people and you have made yourself a representative of these groups who had to actually stage a crime to make it look like those crimes happen. So you've set the whole movement back. 
And the type of hate crime that you've committed is worse than the hate crime that you actually purported that was committed against you. And the reason is because the hate crime that you purport was committed against you was against an individual based on your uh, whatever identity, okay? The hate crime that you perpetrated was against an entire community. And the way I see it, three entire overlapping communities. You know what I mean? And those three communities are the white community, the black community, and the gay community. And how they overlap is that we're all the human community of America. And so in my opinion, it's like a triple hate crime, really. I'm offended by it and I'm not in it. I don't really want to identify as any of those particular categories. And so, um, but I'm offended by it just on principle. And so, although the, the sentencing has not come down, I just wanted to fall on the side of, of, of I think that it, what he did is an absolute insult. And he's not the first one. I remember when I was growing up as a kid, there were other incidences of such things that people in the, in the uh, television and movie industry occasionally were caught doing weird things. So uh, on that, that's that topic. And um, let's see what else I have on my plate today. Okay, I ha I'm so glad I remembered the pause button on my machinery here because <laughs> I don't have to remember everything at once. I can pause and I can just sit back and think, what was I going to talk about now? And so I'm going to talk about a thing that's pretty serious and I'm going to make it personal, but not 100% personal. But I just want to talk a minute about like many of you might know already that for a long time I had, you know, problems with addiction and with the use of medications and things. And, you know, I have got physical problems that uh, that caused me a lot of pain and discomfort, as you know, from the opening of talking about restless legs. But I wanted to talk about like what how like what actually a person goes through in the process because you know what happens is your brain uh, when you take all these different chemicals your brain chemistry it actually changes okay I was reading an article about marijuana last night oh god I don't even want to know more but um, you know the thing is you don't really realize it you think oh I just did this drug and it made me feel better and you know you don't really think about what is it actually doing you know what I mean and what drugs actually do is almost everything works on your brain, okay? You think, oh, I have a stomach ache. I'm going to take the stomach medicine. So you think you put it in there and it works directly on the stomach. It's not how it works. <clears throat> it goes into the stomach. It breaks down into molecules and then it gets into your brain or, you know, into whatever system in your body that tells your body to, your body is a bag of chemicals for the most part, okay? <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. And what happens is you put these chemicals in and it changes the reaction that your own chemistry does. And, uh, and it seems like, oh, that really helped. But then what's happened is over time, you're going to develop, you know, you're, you're, since you've changed your chemistry, the first time you do the drug, the very first time uh, that you do it, you, it feels good, da, da 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 But the whole chemistry of your brain has now shifted to like a whole different, 
your brain says, oh, I like this chemical now. And so all the chemicals in your brain, they adapt to needing this new chemical. And the way that you start to think, you know, think of your thoughts as these long strands because what they really are, thoughts are like these electrical blips and then they go across these long strands and they trigger different parts of the brain and then they all kind of trigger together and that makes a thought, okay? It makes memory and memory is the same thing. They're like collected in little tiny pockets throughout your brain and when they get lit up and they send a little signal across this long strand called a nerve, it will trigger another part of the brain and you get an emotional response and then that triggers it all. So that's how it works. And when you put a, a, a chemical in there, it, it interferes because all these things work through chemical uh, interactions. Okay. I'm not discounting the existence of God in the whole process. Okay. The whole process is, is lit up by God. But um, I'm, I'm also saying that we, you know, if you read the Bible, it says we're made out of the earth that we came from. So um, you know, that basically means that we have to live within the parameters of the body that we're in. And that is, works by chemical reactions, I hate to tell you. And so what has to happen in order to, and a lot of, I've, got, I've been to recovery for a long time. And I've had many, many, many relapses and slips. I find recovery like the most hard and consuming process of my life. And because I had so long put chemicals into my body and changed my brain chemistry and become dependent on that way of thinking. And the whole thought, the whole way of thinking, you know, all these little strands, they all get bundled up together and they become hardened, you know, like, um, I don't know how, like think of spaghetti noodles and then think if you mold, you could get them wet. I'm Dave Fremlin and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And you can mold them and then you can let them dry. They'll dry in the position you mold them to. And so, and you have to get it wet again in order to, to uh, remold it. And the more that you get it wet and remold it, unfortunately, it doesn't get stronger. It gets weaker. So um, think of it that way. And um, so that's what's happening. And so when you, when you get off of these medications and or drugs, especially if you're an addict, uh, the key thing, and I never hear this, I never hear this in meetings. I always hear people try to be so uplifting and either people come into meetings and they're either very depressed and very chemically like still falling apart or they're like really in a bliss mode and very like I believe in God and I like this and that in a very almost phony in a euphoric way. And I don't buy a hundred percent. I buy the first one more than the last because it, coming off of these chemicals so the key thing that I never hear and I think it's important is you have to be willing at least this is true for me you have to make up your mind that the discomfort that you are living with or the the whatever the whatever the negative thing for me it was about it was about money discomfort it was about like bordering on psychosis. It was like, uh, you know, bordering on just like a complete numbness and, you know, broken down relationships, hollowed out emotional life and uh, a complete breakdown. And it was seconds away. And 
for me, that pain, the coming exposure, the coming uh, humiliation of that exposure and the coming uh, disaster that would be that I would have to then deal with, you know, if I had just kept going the way I was going without proactively dealing with it, the humiliation and the exposure and the and the I don't know, the sense of degradation that I would feel being exposed in my basically hidden life, I would not have been able to deal with it. So I proactively dealt with it. But the key thing that I never was told, I never understood, and now I understand, is you have to be willing to be di- uncomfortable in a different way. So the, the discomfort that you're living with has to be worse than the fear of the new discomfort. But you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I will never forget when I was getting off the last of my medications for restless leg syndrome, I was on a cruise ship. And I remember thinking it was going to either be a total disaster or it would be the perfect distraction because the cruise ship is sort of limited. You know what I mean? As far as walking around. But they have these long hallways and they're open all night. And there's places, there's lounges to sit down and there's outside and inside and there's always something. It's never 100% closed. And, um, and the scenery is different. There's activities all day. <clears throat> and um, I thought, well, if I'm, if I'm going to be having mood swings or discomfort, I'll be able to be distracted by the scenery, by the cruise, or else I'll be completely uncomfortable and claustrophobic and be miserable. But luckily for me, the latter, the, the, the former was true. I was distracted enough that, I mean, I was uncomfortable. I remember sweating in the sheets and having to get new sheets on my bed every day. And I remember like having to walk up and down the halls. But at the end of the cruise, you know, I was well into the detox from the last of the medications. And the discomfort has shifted and morphed and but you have to be willing i'm i i just was so uncomfortable and i knew it was going to be uncomfortable i remember i said well i guess there's no other there's no you have to make up especially with restless legs you have to understand that when you come off the medications you're going to have a backlash of restless legs and we were talking i made up my mind that i might not sleep for two weeks I remember thinking, okay, well, I might not sleep for two weeks. So let's take a cruise, you know, seven-day cruise. I could be up all night. It doesn't matter. I can sleep during the day. And it took me the cruise and beyond that cruise to, um, to come up with the solution that I now live with, which is, you know, that I stay up really late and I, and I camouflage my behaviors and things. But that's how I – that's where I first came up with that. And, and really – the, the key point that has got to be made in this podcast is you have got to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I'm talking about like seriously uncomfortable for an undisclosed and undetermined indefinite period of time. My discomfort has not ended. Okay. And you have to be willing to say maybe this discomfort is the aftermath or the pro, promath of the damage that was done. I think that the discomfort that I have is, okay, my therapist will tell you that the discomfort that I have is what led me into 
the situation that I got into and that now that I'm out of that situation, I'm reverting back to the original discomfort. I will tell you that the discomfort is caused by some of the, it either is like a, a process of aging or has been caused by, you know, things I've done or whatever, you know, the course of aging, the course of life, and that this is now the aftermath of the damage that's been done. And I don't, you know, there's a completely different difference of opinion, and I don't really care which one is the answer because it doesn't matter. What matters is how am I going to, what am I going to do now? And what I'm going to do now is I have to be okay with discomfort because if I'm not, then I'm going to add to the discomfort. There's no, there, there is no, there is no either I can get okay with the discomfort or I can what? The Dave Fremlin Show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. If you like listening to The Dave Fremlin Show, don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you and have a nice day. Not be okay with it? Then what does that do? That means I'm still uncomfortable with added discomfort. So... The choices are be okay with the discomfort or be more uncomfortable, unfortunately. So the way to be out of discomfort, and you know, if you really think about it, like I just totally gave myself an epiphany. You ready? And then I'm going to end here. So if you really think about it, put your head around this. If you cannot accept being uncomfortable, your lack of acceptance for the discomfort adds another layer of discomfort which is a layer of non-acceptance so you have discomfort and then non-acceptance so now you have double discomfort or at least another portion added so if you become okay with the discomfort the discomfort might never go away but since you're okay with it it becomes something you're okay with you know I mean i never like I, I really don't like eating green vegetables but I know that I have to, on occasion, eat a green vegetable, and so I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, there's a certain level of discomfort that goes with it because I don't like it. But on the other hand, I'm okay with it. And the other option is to not be okay with it, and then that just means that you still have to do it, but you have to do it with the, you know, like resistance. And so what I'm trying to say is, if I've explained it well enough, you don't need me to reiterate again, to simplify is like your choices are either be okay with something or else suffer more. So the, the more that you can be okay with the suffering, the lower the suffering will go just by the fact that you're okay with it. And so it's really important. And if you are a person who suffers like I do from discomfort, you know, I don't want to make it more dramatic than it is. I have discomfort. Okay, in multiple ways. So um, if you're a person with discomfort and you've been taking medications or drugs and you're finding yourself adding to the discomfort and then financially adding to more discomfort and making your life more stressful and you're thinking, I need help, I need to get off drugs, I need to change something, the, the first thing you need to do is decide about your level of discomfort. You know, am I, the, am I so uncomfortable that I'm willing to do something to make myself 
that'll still be uncomfortable, but I might have to go through more uncomfortableness in order to understand my level of discomfort. Or am I going to just keep making it worse and worse and worse until I can't stand it anymore? Then I have no choice. But either way, you're going to be uncomfortable. But the one way is a, is a way that is going to make it worse. And another way is going to maybe not make it better, but make you make it not matter as much. Okay. And so that's my podcast today. I think, I, I don't know if it's a good one or not, but I know for me, it was an important message that I felt like I really had to say it. Okay. So that's it. I'll talk to you later. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.